Classic Rock 98.1. Good morning. This is Blair and RV. Hi, this is Don McLean. Hi, Mr. McLean. Good morning, Don. Thank you. I love it. Applause at 3 in the morning. Thanks. <laughs> Where are you calling from? Palm Desert, California. Holy smokes. Well, okay, so hang on. Are you getting up early or are you staying up late, Don? What, like, what's going on in your world as we speak? Uh, I'm getting up early and, and staying up late. Kind of <laughs> <both>. <laughs> I have three three a.m. That's uh, that's that, that is bright and early. Listen, there's a lot of a lot of questions we want to ask you. We know that you've teamed up with Home Free for uh, for for a working a reworking of uh, your classic tune. But the first thing I wanted to uh, to ask you, sure, uh-huh. is um, what immediately comes to mind? What emotion hits you when someone tells you the date February third, nineteen fifty nine? Well, I was a paper boy back then, and that's when I first discovered the death of Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper, and um, that stayed with me for a long time because, you know, I was a very big Buddy Holly fan. I was, I think I was 14 or something, and uh, the way I am is I will sit on something for years and then use it for somehow, uh, I didn't you know, really realized I would be able to use the feelings that I had about that in, in the opening part of the song of American Pie, but uh, that's how it worked out, and that uh, sort of directed the rest of the song and how it would be. Don McLean joining Blair and RV right now. We're so excited to have you on. You know, when you wrote that song, obviously you had a little bit of songwriting under your belt before that song was written, but can you take us through, like, the experience of when you decided to write that song and the journey through the songwriting up until the release of that song? What uh, what really made you decide on doing that song? Well, I wanted to write a big song about America, and I wanted it to be a central part of the next album I was making. I had a lot of the other songs. I had The Grave, I had Babylon, I had uh, had Vincent, I had Crossroads, a lot of different tunes on that record. But I wasn't happy with it. And uh, also, I had pretty much spent forever doing the first album I did called Tapestry. And, uh, gee, that... Uh, that took a lot out of me, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I had to make another record. I said, whoa, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of work to do here. And uh, I was really going full speed ahead in my head, you know, to uh, make this record count, because there was so much competition in those days. You know, so many good artists making so many good records. I think you're going to see a lot of 60th anniversaries of some very good things uh, coming up as well as for American Pie. But, uh, so, you know, I, uh, I, I came up with this idea that politics and music influence each other going forward. I have these ideas that I put into songs, and, you know, then I have to figure out how to enact them. Um, so I won't bore you with mentioning a lot of other <laughs> examples, but... Well, you... All my songs, are, all my songs are different, you know. So, you know, "And I Love You So" is not the same as "American Pie." You know, a lot of people would consider the, uh, you know, the mid to late '60s there, like the golden era of songwriting. 
And you mentioned it there. You alluded to the fact that, you know, there was a lot of acts around at the time, like the Beatles, Bob Dylan, who are just putting out poetry for you. How did that inspire your songwriting? Well, I thought I was as good or better than those guys. So I didn't uh, have any doubts about my ability. Uh, It was just a question of getting to certain things. And you have to feel that way, whether you're right or wrong. Uh, You have to feel like you're as good as anybody. And, uh, but there were a lot of obstacles. I'll tell you, it's not an easy thing. Um, and, and it's a lot of luck involved. You know, choosing the right producer was lucky because I was directed toward other producers that I just didn't like. You know, I didn't like the way they acted. I didn't like something about them and I uh, didn't want to work with them. So I found a guy named Ed Freeman who made two very good records. One was Tim Harden. Uh, which I thought was brilliant because I knew Tim Harden was in rough shape and uh, still he made this very sensitive record with him called Bird on a Wire. And I thought, that's my man. I, 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 wanna, I want him. So uh, there began the journey. And uh, But again, it was, it was a very creative time period. We had, to, we had to do everything. We had to produce the records. We had to go to the right studio. It wasn't like the studio system, which had been before. You know, if you were signed with Capitol Records, you know, you worked in the Capitol Studios with Capitol Engineers. You had the Capitol A&R man that gave you songs to sing, which is what Sinatra would do, or Peggy Lee or whatever. Uh, She wrote songs, though. Uh, And, um, you know, it was a a factory, and, and they turned out terrific records. You know, they had all these great arrangers and stuff, Billy May, you know, and, um, but in our time, we had to do the whole darn thing. You know, I had to do everything. I had to arrange the songs, do the guitar parts, write the songs, and fight with the, with the, with the producer because, <laughs> you know, it wasn't sounding the way I wanted it to. So it was, it was a, a challenge, and I like challenges. Joining Classic Rock Mornings with Blair and RV, uh, legendary singer, uh, American singer and songwriter uh, Don McLean celebrating 50 years of American Pie, and Don, you've actually teamed up uh, with Country Act Home Free for a reworking of the song. Why don't you tell us how that came to be? Because it's uh, it's it's in the style of the original and the same length. Yeah, it's only a few seconds different in length, which is kind of strange. I have a metronome in me. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, they... Uh, wanted to do the song and and asked if I'd like to be involved and I said yeah I would I mean I didn't know what was going to be required but uh, I did a lot of singing acapella with them and we got a nice track and then I did a little bit with the uh, the video they're going to come out with tomorrow Um, and uh, that was it you know they made it very easy and they have very professional people doing things to make everything sound good and um, so the reaction from their fan base has been very positive I guess about about it and um, my version is going to get played a ton you know all over the world right now and now their version is going to get uh, played a lot because they have a huge uh, fan base and so it's all pretty exciting and fun. Could you have imagined, uh, you know, all all those years ago when you wrote this song that we'd be sitting here, you know, 50 years later, 
you know, talking about a, a country band celebrating the 50th anniversary or uh, you could say commemorating the 50th anniversary of the song and, 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 and what it all meant? Like, could you have thought all that all those years ago that this would have been a thing? You know, it's such a big, ugly number, 50 years. I mean, it really is huge. <laughs> and I, 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 I wonder, you know, it, it's so strange because I can do everything I ever did. You know, I can I sing all my songs in the same key. Um, it's it's like I've been very disciplined about that throughout my career, and I've done probably seven thousand one nighters, twenty two or twenty three world tours, and uh, you know, so this is an amazing that all this time has passed. But I'll tell you honestly, uh, I thought I would be I would. I expected to be completely finished a year after this song came out. I, I said, you know, this is going to be up and down and in and out. And uh, I was able to buy a little house that I owned outright. And I felt like I had achieved what I wanted. All I, all I ever wanted was a, a little place where I could have, a, you know, a couple of horses and a dog, you know, whatever, and uh, a garden. And that's what I had. So it, I had no idea this thing would keep going. And now we're talking about song catalogs and the hundreds of millions of dollars and uh, on and on, the, the growth. Uh, and, and it's just starting, really, with all the social networking and downloading and everything like that. You know, they're... It, God knows what the future is going to be in terms of that. So it's made me a very wealthy man over all this time, and uh, I never could have imagined that. Do you, Don, legendary American singer-songwriter Don McLean on with Blair and RV, you know, we've seen this in the last couple of months with um, musicians starting to sell their, their catalogs, like Bob Dylan and Neil Young, because of social media platforms like TikTok. Like, look what happened with the Fleetwood Mac song. Um do you think that music is going in that direction where, you know, there were the days of vinyl records, cassette tapes, CDs. Is social media the future of the way we're going to be getting and understanding music? Well, yes. I mean, that's, and not only that, but they've got a pretty good grip on getting the money. You know, they've finally got the computers and everything working so that uh, they know how to track every, every dime. And, for example, I... Um, opened up this YouTube channel uh, with A Time of Life and Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers has released this last record I put out called Still Playing Favorites. And they put the, they and Time Life uh, opened up this uh, YouTube channel and we uploaded 11 albums and 173 tracks of songs that I had, that I owned. And meanwhile, there's hundreds of other tracks and, and dozens, a dozen other albums that are out there, and many are owned by Capitol Records as well, but I control those. And so everything I've ever done is out there, hundreds of YouTube performances going back 50 years. You can start with me in 1968 or 69 uh, and find performances coming right up till today. Um, so who would have thought that, you know, because we always thought when you, 
you know, you did a performance somewhere, it was it, you're never going to see that again, you know, except when it was shown on television, well, that's wrong. Um, so everything is out there, and there is no more record store or place to go to buy vinyl or anything like that, or I guess there is, but it's not much, it's really just a token thing. It's the big record store in the sky, and that's what this channel is, basically. How has the whole COVID-19 pandemic mentally changed the way musicians think and basically, you know, perform day-to-day? Obviously, it took away live touring. How has it affected you and uh, your fellow musicians within the last year? Well, I'm different from my fellow musicians because I'm a publisher. Uh, And as a publisher, I am doing better than I ever have. Oh, that's good. But as... (laughs) As a musician, my musicians, the, the boys that I work with and travel with, they're uh, depressed, uh, worried. They're out of business right now. Um, nobody's making any money in Nashville. And nobody's paying in any money to the union. So the pensions are in trouble because you have to pay in on the young side in order to get the money out on the old side. It's a big deal, you know, and all these venues are uh, going bankrupt. They can't hold on without, you know, a single act in there to make a little bit of money. And, uh, you know, how long can the government prop up every single kind of industry? Uh, This is a disaster on an economic level. Um, And, of course, that means it's a disaster on a personal level. People are about... There are probably 10 million people, forget about musicians, uh, in this country that are one check, stimulus check away from living in the car with their children. So it's, it's a very bad thing. We've got legendary American singer-songwriter Don McLean joining Classic Rock Mornings uh, today. Uh, the Day the Music Died. Uh, the, the plane crash that took uh, the lives of uh, many influential musicians like Buddy Holly, uh, Richie Valens, uh, the big bopper. And, uh, Don, you were, we were talking about COVID-19. You guys were supposed to embark on a 50th anniversary tour later this year. Uh, is that, I mean, is it dumb to say that that's not going to happen, or is that obvious? I, all I do, I'll tell you, all I do is I wake up every day and do what I'm told. <laughs> just like yeah. the rest of us <laughs> i have no idea what's going on right I, I, today i have these interviews to do i'm doing them and i'm enjoying them uh, if someone says to me okay they the, you know the green light is on and you can travel and sing and there'll be an audience waiting i'll be going you know but nobody says that each time we come to a point where something should happen it's moved so who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Don McLean on with Classic Rock Mornings with Blair and RV. Obviously, you know, look, looking at the song American Pie, like it's it's crazy to think. And you must, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but to have written a song that is in the top five, what is considered to be the greatest songs of the 20th century, like what goes through your mind when you realize that one of those songs belongs to you? Like Judy Garland well, and Aretha Franklin are in that list, and then you see Don McLean at number five. What does that What does that mean to you? Well, I'll never be forgotten, <laughs> and uh, as long as there's an America, I suppose that I'll be remembered. And that's 
a very nice thing, and, and it intimidates a lot of people. Um, you know, there are a lot of people uh, get intimidated by these kinds of things because they realize that. And uh, But I just think, wow, it's, you know, who would have imagined? Because the people who were the RIAA and EA, National Endowment for the Arts, uh, they had no idea that people loved that song that much. They were surprised. Uh, so that song is the people's choice. Uh, I've never had a, a, a record label behind me until now. I've never had any kind of uh, intelligent management behind me, you know, until now. Uh, I've just, I'm famous because of the nature of the work that I've done and the fact that it's it managed to be commanding enough so that people have continued to to want to hear it. It's completely because of, of the way I've done things, not because of money spent on me. You know, I mean, Columbia Records spends hundreds of millions of dollars. I read somewhere where $300 million has been spent on Bruce Springsteen's career by Columbia. And to his credit, I mean, He's held up his end of the bargain. He's a great performer and a and a, and a makes records that people like a lot. And so he's done what he was supposed to do. But I never had investments like that, you know, or anything close to that. Don McLean, legendary American singer songwriter, joining uh, Classic Rock Mornings with Blair and RV this morning. Uh, listen, I know that uh, we're we're celebrating and uh, commemorating, talking uh, American Pie and and the fifty years and the incredible influence and impact that it's had, uh, not just musically but culturally, and not just in the U.S. up here in Canada and uh, and around the world. But I do want to I do want to ask you this question, just because we're days away from it as well. Uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl, Kansas City or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, Brady's going to win. He never loses when the chips are down. <laughs> It would be pretty he's impressive. American, he's an all-American boy. And he's going to win. <laughs> this is a winner. Right on, Don. Listen, uh, again, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. We've we've used the word legendary a few times, but uh, legendary uh, singer-songwriter Don McLean joining Classic Rock Mornings. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time. We know you're a really busy guy. And uh, best of luck, and we hope to see you on tour celebrating 50 years of uh, not just the great track, but the incredible album that was. Well, you know what? We're going to make it through this thing, and whether uh, it's this year or next year, um, I will be on tour. I feel just fine, and um, we'll schedule everything to when the, the green light goes on. And I'll be doing, I want to do one more big world tour with, you know, a couple of hundred shows all around the world, and I'm I'm going to do that. Um, you know, I mean, Johnny Mathis was singing when he was 80, 81. I'll do it if I, if I have to. You know, <laughs> I still have, you know, to look reasonably all right and I sing right, so, you know, I'm ready to do it. You know what? You, you've done very well in your lifetime there, Don, and we're very privileged and honored to, uh, to have you here on the air in London, Ontario, Canada this morning. So uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, best wishes to you and the rest of your family, okay? Thank you very much. I just want to say I used to play Ontario Place lots of times. I, I loved it up there. So anyway. All over the uh, the CNE grounds over in Toronto there. 
Yeah, I've played it many times. We hear so many. Obviously, that that stadium has changed a lot since then. But yeah. you know, a lot of our listeners on the radio station recall a lot of memories yeah. within that venue. Oh, they were great. I played it 14 years in a row. 14 years in I a row. I didn't realize it was yeah. that many. Well, I did. That's incredible. Well, we, we can't wait to have you back. Or, the, yeah, well, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll be able to see you in that area again soon, eh? Okie doke. <laughs> All right, Don. Appreciate Thank, it. Thanks Thank again. Bye-bye.